Welcome to the Fame Impala podcast, where we discuss Tame Impala music and lyrics that resonate with us and why. This is part two of my conversation with fellow Tame Impala production enthusiast Austin Cargill, or Austin Marshmallows on Instagram. Last episode, we dissected the lonerism drum sound, and today we continue with guitar tones and effects and the pedals that produce them. So I guess we're going to talk about guitar next. Guitar tones. Sure, I'm ready. All right. Take it away. So I, I wanted to copy his pedal board just to see if it was truly all in the pedal board. And it was. And they're all easily accessible pedals. So now that I've conquered the whole pedal situation, it's no longer that lingering mystery that I think about every single day. And now I just want to tell people about it because people ask about it all the time. And they're like, there's no way anybody can do that. It's very simple. Oh, my God. Yes. Well- that is very generous of you to share it with the masses. So tell us, how do we get that? What, well, what exactly, how would you describe this guitar tone first? What, and what songs is it re- most reminiscent of for you? Uh, definitely either Cream, Sunshine of Your Love, mm-hmm. or anything Jimi Hendrix related, because, you know, the fuzz phase and the small stone, mm-hmm. uh, phasers, reverb. Before I was on this drum excursion for the past two years, it all started maybe in 2019 where um, I was listening to a lot of currents. And then I noticed that some of the songs still had the same guitar tone from Lonerism. He pulled it over. Oh and I was God, like, like, which ones? I- I'll tell you. Okay. So like uh, Mind Mischief, all those tracks, they follow a unique pedal board setup followed by a piece of very important gear that it all goes into. And uh, I did tons of research for a very long time. Turns out that he uses this uh, rack effect that you put on your rack. And it was built in the late 80s, early 90s for hair metal bands. But he found one in Australia and then plugged it in and instantly used that from then on called the Seymour Duncan KTG1. I'm going to pick it up and I'm just going to show it to the people. That's right. All right. So what we have here is the pedal board. It basically runs in a chain like this. Tuner, noise suppressor, small stone, the 90s version, the version number four. Do not get a brand new version. It's not going to sound the same. Uh, Just your run-of-the-mill holy grail, your run-of-the-mill space echo. You can pick these up used for like 200 maybe. Do you have to, just a quick question, is any Space Echo going to do, or is any, or is it this specific brand? You said the run of the mill, so I just want to clarify that. You can use any delay, as long as it it's repeat time. The rate that it repeats can go pretty fast. But this is Kevin's specific delay? Or yes. like, like everything here is exactly what Kevin uses? Yes. Gotcha. Okay, cool. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's not creepy at all on my part, but hey, I had man, to, you I had to find research. out. Good for you. So this is the compressor that he uses, which makes everything all gluey. The MXR Dynacomp. You can find these anywhere for like 40 bucks if you're lucky. This is the blues driver. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just adds that crackly, distorted upper mid-tones. You'll hear it. I'll turn it on and off really quick. And this, this last pedal... I, I have some unfortunate news. This is the Diamond Vibrato. This is 
as soon as you turn it on, you'll instantly recognize Lunarism because it takes off a little bit of your high end and it has vibrato and chorus all blended into one pedal. But the sad news is this pedal company went out of business a month after I bought this pedal. When did you buy it? Um, earlier this year, maybe January, February. Just this year? Just this yeah. year? We just missed it? Oh my God. That's crazy. Okay. Wow. I bought it for 200 I thought it was a steal. And I had no idea it was going to happen. Yeah. There's only two of these available on Reverb right now. And they're going for like $750. Jeez. Oh my God. I mean, do you even have an idea of like what could be an alternative for that pedal? Or is it Definitely. JHS makes really good pedals. They have a vibrato pedal and um, any chorus pedal, honestly. Vibrato is mainly it. Okay. Maybe we should do what we did with the plugins. You can each time turn on a pedal, like play just how your guitar sounds and then add, 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 add. Yeah. I, I think um, Logic has equivalents of all of this stuff. Oh, amazing. Okay. Yeah. Well, this podcast is going to have some video sum- supplements. It's going to have some <laughs> written supplements. I'm going to write down all the names of the compressors. Seriously, because like, I don't know this. I love Kevin Parker. I love Tim Paula. I have not gone down the rabbit hole of trying to like figure out exactly what gear he has except for his drums <laughs> i will go down that rabbit hole for you so you don't have to that's amazing that's- i want to save you time <laughs> yeah oh my god this is like an ad for tame and pedals <laughs> and sounds in general this all right better so call saw but like for guitar better? pedals this is definitely more entertaining than that show for me <laughs> tried to get into it i couldn't get into it but okay so let's let's do it let's uh let's hear your dry well dry guitar raw guitar and then one by one reveal to us the uh the the lonerism the kevin parker uh sound can you hear that yeah awesome okay let me turn everything off You hear that? Yep. All right. So, and uh, we'll use an example sound. So let's go. There we go. Bland is all hell. Here we go. So don't worry about the tuner pedal or the noise suppressor pedal, because those are just there as safety nets in case you're having some buzzing issues with guitars. But I just got mine set up and they fixed the buzzing issue. So we can just go straight into the phaser. So in history, people will always do their compressor pedal and then everything else. But he does his stuff backwards, which creates a confusion of the mind to make it. It's like, are you in a big room or are you really close up? You have no idea because it changes all the time. So let's start with the phaser. Okay, we're getting closer. Mm-hmm. Remember the 90s small stone version four. That's the one you want. Add a little bit of reverb. Closer. Yep, it's getting there. And then some delay. So I like to make it a little more intense. Just turn up the intensity. You hear it? Yeah. 
and then the compressor, which glues all of that together. And then we will move on to the blues driver. So this is the one that you can alter all the time. So if you want to play Mind Mischief, you'll crank it. If you want to play the guitar in the background for some other songs, he'll tone it down. That was the blues driver. The blues. Let me crank it up so you can definitely hear it. Yeah. So does it distort? What does the blues driver do? It just distorts your high end. Okay, gotcha. So it's like a distortion pedal, but like the light version, so it doesn't like blow your ears out. Yeah, it's like a very gentle crunchiness. Exactly. Nice. And then the diamond vibrato, the infamous no longer available pedal. <laughs> we can go like so it's kind of responsible for the I'm going to turn it up really high so it's very intense and you'll hear it so it makes that one note not monotone in yeah. uh, hertz, it'll right. just let it go up and down. So like, I'm gonna turn it onto high mode, which is I never do. There you go. Okay, but you know what though? Obviously you would never do that because that would sound literally nauseating. But yeah, exactly. the thing is like, when it's mixed in subtly, like, that is what kind of gives, I feel like, psychedelic music its kind of entire vibe because you couldn't really feel like something sounds trippy without some movement. Like, think about what your eyes do when you're tripping, you know what I mean? Think about, like, the the fact that, like, everything seems like it's breathing and, like, you're seeing geometric shapes everywhere, kind of like, you know, going in and out of, like, like everything is kind of appears to be coming closer and farther away. Exactly. Um, and that is what that pedal does. But it is amazing how much you don't need it to be that extreme and you can feel it like you can you, you perceive it without actually hearing it being like wow wow like it's it's there and it's like in the background but like if you take it off it will just sound like a flat boring straight sound and that is that is why that pedal is really truly worth it i'm sure if you can get your hands on one it it will be money well spent but goddamn they're rare <laughs> i think this is why i also have it the police yeah you know that song is actually like really creepy is it really so he talks about it he's so sting has said that like it creeps him out that it's like some people's wedding song you know because it was actually he wrote it 
his intention for that song was like to write it from a perspective of like a, a stalker or like somebody who was like obsessive over somebody. Every okay, now breath I see you it. take, you know I what totally I mean? see it now. And he was like, "Why are people dancing to this at their wedding?" Still a fucking great song, but like, yeah, you know. But yeah, a little, a little creepy to have it at, at, as your wedding song. Maybe, maybe people are a little bit overprotective of one another. I don't know. I don't know what that means, but um. So, okay. So that was, that was really awesome. Just like going through all of those pedals. Can we, just like we did with Logic, you know, make it so that I don't talk in between things, you don't talk in between things, and you just do that same riff and add pedals. Here we go. it just sounds less and less like a guitar you know what i mean like i mean it still sounds like a guitar but you can hear less of the strings in comparison with the wow you know in comparison with the accompanying effects and i think that's what you were kind of trying to say about like how how he puts on stuff backwards where normally you would put the compressor at the beginning but if you put the compressor after the reverb and the delay that is going to like crush the reverb and the delay into the sound. So it's not like you're hearing the strings like super clean separately. And then all of this other stuff like neatly mixed in in the background. It's like, no, it's like, it's like one sound that is made of the reverb and the delay and the, all the other effects. And then you put more on it after the compressor to like really smooth it out. And I mean, that's what I got from it at least. As soon as you, as soon as you stop playing that compressor, instantly raises the volume up to catch that reverb and delay that's normally down low and it brings them up as if it was a normal thing so you play and then the the delay and reverb shoot up into the air so it's like you're in a room out of a room it becomes less of an instrument but more of like an experience with every pedal that you add yes and but you know what what you're saying is that like what a compressor after all of those effects is essentially doing is like when normally your notes would be tapering off and decaying the compressor is literally working to do the opposite and bring them back up because it's like it's confused it's like it's supposed to make the lower stuff louder and the louder stuff lower and so it it, they're usually meant to be subtle but there's some people that will just crank them and it's very like altering with the aura of like how you visualize it. You're like, this sounds weird somehow. And I can't put my finger on it. It's probably a compressor. Can you do it now? Can you do like one slow chord just with the compressor? Like, so, so this is n- just guitar. And then the next part is just compressor. keeps going yeah, it just keeps getting louder even though you know that the note should be decaying mm. oh my god that's so cool i literally never i never thought about that that's incredible mm-hmm. that's- check this out watch 
See how when I'm playing, the delay and reverb below, and as soon as I stop, they shoot up. So. Sounds like they're getting closer to you. You can hear that most notably on uh, one more hour when it goes. What is it like? And then it shoots up. You'll hear it. You oh and then God. you'll never forget it. Yeah. Now it's no longer a mystery. You can do it yourself. I will give you all the settings. Probably. Anybody, email me. I don't care. Like, is this your escape? Is this your hobby? I think it's more than a hobby and you maybe are just not admitting it to yourself yet, but. This is, when I'm at work, this is all I'm thinking about. When I'm deployed to the Middle East, this is all I'm thinking about. And buying this house and finally being able to play drums whenever I want, make music whenever I want. It's, I, I am like looking at myself from 10 years ago, like, dude, you did it now have fun. This is your playground. And you're deployed for how long at a time? Like how long do you have to be away from this playground of yours? So February, 2018, we deployed for seven months to the Middle East. So in the Navy, you spend about four to four and a half years on a ship, and then you'll do three years of sea duty to decompress. So I just finished my four and a half on the ship. And it's not like you deploy and then come back in between deployments, you're going out all the time, sometimes a month at a time, two weeks at a time, three days at a time. So you never just sit down and you're like, okay, let me get into something serious like making music. You never have that time. And, and when, I, when I'm talking about the studio and it started all in 2013, all I had was one microphone, one little keyboard and a PC. And it grew to this exponentially. Like in 2018, all I had was one guitar, one bass, no pedals, no rack, nothing. Just yeah. And I didn't even have monitors. I was listening with headphones and a little JBL speaker. Wow. Oh, my God. That's yeah. kind of awesome, though. You can't underestimate the power of mono JBL Bluetooth speakers. because Mono, too. Yeah, it was mono. They will show you some shit that yeah. you did not realize on your beautiful HS8s. Or I don't know what you have. That's what I have. But like, it's like... Sometimes, sometimes monitors are a gift and a curse, you know, mm -hmm. it makes it sound too good. You don't try as hard. <laughs> so I think the HS8s are like the more modern version of the HS80M, which looks like, oh, well, I mean, they all look very similar. HS80Ms, mm -hmm. they look exactly the same, but these ones are just from the early 2000s. I found these for $5 at a thrift store. What? Yes. Yeah. What? That's, that's better than my snare drum being at a home goods store and them selling it to me because I had a little bit of paint on the head. Like, what? $5? I asked the lady at the front. I was like, um, I was trying not to be too revealing. I was like, why are these $5? She's like, baby, I don't know how to plug these in. And so I was like, I'll take them. $800 total for five bucks, something like that. I cannot believe that. That is okay. That's see, 
These are the stories I love. This is inspiring because it's yeah. the universe just wanted you to have those speakers. Like they want that. That was very. Do you think those were strategically placed by the universe? I think so. I think so because, okay, look, I don't know what I believe in terms of, you know, like fate versus determinism and shit like that quite yet. But I feel like certain things have been incredibly coincidental, quote unquote, (laughs) um, that are like incredibly encouraging for me continuing this, you know, musical journey. Like, for example, I went to the AES festival, the audio engineering something. I literally don't even know what it stands for in New York, um, in, in the city in 2019, actually. And it was like right before COVID. And it was a mix with the masters. Like you could win a mix with the masters membership. And there were like hundreds of people at this, you know, conference. And it was my first like audio engineering conference I ever went to. And I was like, just thinking about getting into, you know, just thinking about learning how to produce my own stuff, not knowing that there was going to be a global pandemic, like not knowing that I would literally not be able to work with any of the people I was used to working with. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I'm watching this lecture or whatever of somebody from Mix with the Masters. I don't even remember who now. And then they were like, put your name in to this like, you know, virtual survey and it'll like pick a winner, you know, automatically of the people who sign up. And I won. And wow, like then COVID happened and I was like watching these Mix with the Masters tutorials and like going on these, um, like webinars with like mix engineers that were like really world renowned. Like Andrew Sheps is a huge favorite of mine. I don't know if you know him or have heard Mm. him speak, but oh my God, his voice is just like butter. Like I could listen to him just talk about random numbers of compressors that I don't even know what they mean. Like normally I hate when people have that type of jargon and they like, you know, it's a very like, you know, kind of like it's a boys club. It's like a fucking, like they, they do it to be kind of like gatekeepy um i feel and i i don't care i could listen to him do that all day because his voice is just like so soothing like i could it's like a lullaby um but andrew sheps i mean he 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 has a lot of content too he doesn't just like drop name drop gear um that's another reason why i love him and i've learned a lot just from like hearing him talk about mixing and that's what i hope that our viewers uh, our listeners can do from this is like i think it's less important to like screen share a daw and more important to just like kind of hear people casually talking about mixing because it makes it like just like a conversation it's like a little bit less intimidating and you get less wrapped up in the technical side and you really trust your ear. That I think is like a better way for to, to intro into this world than, okay, so check out all the plugins I have and look, look, this is, look at how this is dialed in and look at how this is dialed in. Cause you even said it yourself, like somebody learning from you, their drums aren't going to sound like your drums. They're not going to need to cut that resonance. They're not going to no. need to, you know, and so it, there is a lot of learning and just learning how to listen mm-hmm. that, that goes into it. So when you're deployed and then you come back, do you feel 
like you kind of just need to like fully decompress on your own in your space but not write any music like it takes you a little while to get going yeah so definitely your life completely gets uprooted so you have to make all preparations before and then you have to reacclimate all those things afterwards um but you do have a ton of fun when you hit foreign ports like we hit like Poland, Germany, Lithuania, stuff like that, even though it was short little periods. But um, I took it upon myself to bring some instruments on board and we started a band and we played shows in um, Lithuania? Jordan. No, just in Jordan. And uh, we played some off the coast of Egypt for the crew members of the ship. We played 90s classics, you know. It was a morale thing because you need morale when you're out there, so... Hell yeah. Oh my yeah. God. That's amazing. Yep. On the USS Oak Hill. And you played uh, on the ship? Mm-hmm. Where on the ship? Like on the deck? Like Yeah, on the poop deck. No, I'm just kidding. That's amazing. <laughs> you have to invite me next. <laughs> no. There's only like one video of it and it was mid song like I smell sex and candy. Oh yeah. yeah. Good good choice yeah. so you got to store it somehow but the ship rocks back and forth especially when you're crossing the atlantic so i was constantly checking it to make sure it wasn't getting damaged and stuff it's just it wasn't like rolling around in the basement or something like that like <laughs> it did a pretty good job of staying where it was but no that was a great time I'm so glad it did that because that goes back to the whole i think about music all the time if i was gone for seven months it would start stressing me out so that was an escape doing those shows wow and it was just more motivation to do it big when I got back. So, so the songs that are currently on YouTube now, have you recorded all of those like within the last, you know, couple of years? So I, I, I recorded a tutorial right before my second deployment. So this must have been like February, oh, December 2019. I started a YouTube channel just for the hell of it. Uh, I put how to record Tame Impala vocals. Because I, I, I had thought at the time I had gotten pretty close, but now I was so far off comparative to what it is now. Wow. I posted it, didn't share it anywhere, didn't tag anybody in it, and then I went on deployment. I came back from deployment six, seven months later, and right now it's sitting at like 110,000 views. That's amazing. That is a great approach. You know, release some stuff, then go on deployment and then see how it does. And then you you have to remove yourself from the like wanting to check it all the time and wanting to see how, you know, checking out the analytics like every second of the day. Like that's actually a great approach to reduce anxiety caused by music. So I assumed that only maybe a few hundred people would see it. Yeah. So I put my email in the description Wow. And I came back to like 70 emails, people all over the world ask, hey, can I get a one-on-one? -on -one? Uh, how did you do this one part? Uh, can you rate this? Can you work uh, on this track with me? Well, did and you take any of them up on it? I'm not really. I mean, right. I, helped, I helped out as much people as I could, but still, you I was so paid. busy. But you could totally charge for it. Come on, give people lessons. That's a great idea. Don't feel guilty about... You know, people are literally begging you to have a one-on-one -on -one with them and probably uh, willing to pay you for it. And even if it's not a lot, like, that's super rewarding. Like, what the fuck? Why, why are you turning that down? Because I feel like I'm not ready yet. But that's fucking crazy. I am opening this up to be a full studio for anybody to record. Okay. Probably this month, so. I'm coming. Like, I'm sorry. I've invited myself. Where are you? El Paso, Texas. The Navy sent me here. It's for... 
three years. So Wait. I don't know where I'm going after this. Maybe Japan. Oh my God. So you really, so that even adds another layer. Constantly moving. Constantly moving. You say you're not ready. You say, mm. you know, whatever. Music gives you anxiety, which literally like only makes you more of an artist. And you also, I don't know if you know this, you probably do. Like compressors exist because of the military. So it's not that far off that you'd be so into this stuff. You know what I mean? Like there, it's not like there's zero relation. We w- we have, you know, wartime to thank for all of the, all the analog, you know, gear that we have. I just think, and maybe you're super passionate about the military and everything that you do and, you no. know, whatever. well, you might have, you might, you have people clamoring to work with you. You have people who you have, you have already proved yourself to a lot of people. And, you know, there's no reason. I want to take a lesson with you. I'd pay you for a lesson. The fuck? So the only difference is for inner speaker, the pedals are the same as Lonerism except he doesn't have the diamond vibrato, the purple pedal. That's only for lonerism and beyond. So, yeah. That's the only difference. Holy shit. Yeah. And he used an amp, like a real Vox amp, but that's yeah. minor. Got it. Oh, my God. No, that's amazing. So, um, I looked up the video that you posted, the how to do Tame Impala vocals that you were talking about, and I actually watched it. I, You know, like how it You've seen that? I've seen, you know how it shows like on YouTube, like what you've seen and it, it's like still has the red bar below videos you've already watched. And I was like, oh, yeah. I remember this video and I didn't know that was you. Like, when I, did you see I, it? I don't know when I saw it forever ago when I like first started <laughs> making music. And you know what? I bet you, I listened re- more recently to your, the boat I row vocals in isolation and your nah. paranoia vocals in isolation. And I can tell you've learned so much since that initial logic tutorial. So that's what I'm saying. I want to do a one-on-one with you because here's the thing. Okay. Actually last time I'm going to plug my album, but my, my, you know, inadvertently plug my album through this podcast. But so I have a song called ever and I thought I wanted like really reverbed out vocals for it. And I thought that I wanted, um, you know, I, I thought I wanted a certain thing. And then like the way that I was singing wasn't really lending itself to that because like quote unquote Tame Impala vocals, a lot of it is in the processing, right? Mm-hmm. But a lot of it is also in how you sing. So if you sing like, da 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 da, you know, like you're going to get more of that kind of high Breath. register, you know, sheen that Tame Impala vocals have. But if you were to sing like, you know, gone a little far, you know, something like really clear sounding and not airy, like it's not gonna, uh, uh, that much reverb and that much delay isn't gonna respond the same way to like more brassy vocals. Um, so I learned that. However, um, I actually pulled a Kevin recently in that I mixed the song differently for the album than the single. And I realized that having like kind of like filtering the vocal is like really important. 
And I made the vocal on the album of this song like a little bit more um, saturated and the reverb was, uh, you know, it was a Valhalla reverb and I changed it from like 1980s to 1970s. So it was a little bit warmer. And like I started doing all these things to kind of make my vocal sound a little bit more like a Tame Impala vocal. But I'm not Tim and Paula. I'm not Kevin Parker. I don't sing like that. I don't sing that airy. You know what I mean? Like, so, you know, yes, a lot of it is in the chain, but a lot of it is in in the delivery and the performance. And um, that said, I kind of like made peace with the fact that my vocals on this album didn't sound like quote unquote Tim and Paula vocals because I didn't think I could do that. You know, like me, like I didn't think that was like authentic to like how I normally sing and like. I try to sound like Kevin Parker like it just doesn't it, it's not it's not really what I'm going for but that said like that love paranoia vocal and the boat I row vocal I'm actually working on a cover of the boat I row right now um so you know we might have to talk we might have to talk about that but um everybody please check out Austin's tutorials they're amazing and you know he's really just I mean the fact that he doesn't even think that he's like good enough or does this or whatever I I'm not saying that like I'm not trying to pressure you into like making yourself be a more serious musician if that's not where your heart is you know but like I fully support whatever however you choose to define you know yourself as a musician and Sometimes I wish it was more of a hobby and not as much of a like thing that I'm like so obsessed with. It is definitely still an ongoing process of how, like, what am I doing? Yeah, I don't know what I'm doing right now. I I have like this this thing where if I find something out, I want everyone to know about it so they don't have to worry about it. That's what I'm doing right now, and I'm just making a few songs in the process if they hit me. Well, that sounds like you'd be a really good teacher. You know, and it sounds like people are are excited to learn from you. So, you know, ride that wave. Don't necessarily. You're right. You don't have to feel like, um, you know, you have to be the next Kevin Parker necessarily if that doesn't suit your lifestyle or your goals. But I relate to that a lot, too. And that's why I love teaching is because, like, I remember where I was two years ago. And I wish if somebody had just told me this stuff, it it would be, it would like skyrocket my process and make me feel so much less stuck. Um, So, you know, but, but that's a beautiful thing. And, you know, if you can give it away for free, great. But, you know, if people want some individual attention and this is like really something you're passionate about, which clearly, you know, it is like, why not, you know? So I have 16 analog inputs now, so I want to record full live bands in this. I know it doesn't look big here, but there's a whole nother section of this, this house. There's oh, a huge yeah. sunroom. I've seen it. It almost looks like the wave house a little bit. Not going to lie. Like, I wish it's just a mountain. And then my front door, you can see the whole city cause I'm up on the mountain kind of that's so a pretty good view to me I, I wouldn't be complaining but um no but that's amazing yeah and like it's if it's an inspiring place to you it'll be an inspiring place to other people but you sound like somebody who just doesn't want to charge anybody for anything <laughs> i just want to make music but yeah do it then do it 
and you know relax a little bit don't put so much pressure on yourself about it because now i just gotta find some bands that want to record yeah no definitely well um austin marshmallows <laughs> in el paso texas everybody tell your friend come on down get a van uh-huh. come on down <laughs> it would be like a writing retreat for people you know what i mean like that oh i forgot to tell you my friend's moving out here and so we're gonna have a 16 track reel to reel a whole a whole plethora of more gear coming in in just a few months Oh forgot God. to tell you that it's gonna be crazy you'll see some videos i'm sure yeah i will i i'm getting like slow rush vibes from your place already like it just feels very open austin do you have any parting words for our for our listeners i would say uh yeah i think john mayer said this you are your biggest critic because you have to just make something even though you're questioning it. If you push through that and then you come back the next day with all these tracks that you've just pushed your way through even though you didn't like it, you might surprise yourself. So then I started pressing him about why he hasn't released any of the music that he has pushed through and created. That's it. What's so wrong with that is dropping on Friday on Spotify. On Friday? Oh, my God. You've given me the uh, courage to post. Yeah, just put it out there. At least do it before you're deployed next. Come on. Time is of the essence with you, you know? You have to do it because, like, this whole you're not ready shit, like... Oh, maybe I was ready all along. Imagine if Kevin Parker had thought that. This could be the day that we push through. This could be the day that all our dreams come true, right? Whatever. I'm going to just put it out there. So... I am glad that the first podcast I've ever done was about this topic. Do it, do it.